and we're back. Which episode is this? 25, 26? I think it's 27. 26. 26. Or should we we check before? (laughs) It's like we say it's 25, but in reality, we already have a 25. I think think it's it's, it's the 12th 12th episode we're doing. Because we, oh, hold on. We started episode 15. Oh, yeah. You said you want, okay, yeah. We had an intro episode of episode 15. And then and we started we had, at 16. So we're on 26 because today's the recap episode. Yeah. CGC recap episode, 10 episode recap. As much as this is for our, our listeners and viewers, this is more so for ourselves because we learned from season one. We did 14 episodes and we didn't take notes. And now we don't know what those episodes are all about. 14 episodes that we need to rewatch because <laughs> we have no idea what the hell they're about. <laughs> I, I think we got the gist of it. A lot of it kind of went into the back of our minds for those particular episodes. And, uh, and then we just started implementing it throughout the year in 2021. I think one of the biggest was mainly continue to foster relationships, build your online presence, focus on SEO, treat your business like a business. Those were the main things that we talked about. That's the most generic that, stuff you could ever bring up. <laughs> well, that was the gist of a lot of the things. And to be honest, it's, if we if we start diving like, through a lot of these look, episodes, it sounds, I know, look, it sounds like when you when you go to the when you go to one of those uh, what do you call them those entrepreneurs on on Instagram, and they go like, you know, you wake up at seven o'clock, you no, you wake up at four a.m., you go to the gym for an hour. You work six hours and that's it. You do that for a year and you're good. The ironic thing, though, is that a lot of those fake entrepreneurs, they're spouting things that they have heard from actually successful people because it actually worked for them, but they actually applied it. These entrepreneurs that regurgitate this stuff, they say it and post those motivational quotes on Facebook, but they don't actually do any of that. They just regurgitate it. But the, the funny thing that I noticed about uh, the latest 10 episodes that we did as we were coming back into it, a lot of the same ideas, topics were kind of being uh, revisited. Uh, but it was just kind of like with different people's experiences. You know, everyone talked about how SEO was very important, but everyone had different mm. degrees of no, not, not everyone, everyone. Sorry, but no, it was it was a, a couple of, of did. what what I noticed is that uh, I mean, we could look at our notes over here. SEO was mentioned once twice three four four okay four four times four episodes but they all had like every couple of guests kind of were regurgitating the same thing in a way a big focus was on creating strategic video yeah a lot of a lot of guests were talking about that yeah um yeah strategic video results results based videos um I mean, we're going to go through all of these in this episode anyways. We'll just take it off. But maybe we should just start going into it right from episode 16. Yeah, let's let's just dive right into it. So episode 16, we had Bridget from B Video Productions. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I felt like that episode, I felt a little rusty just jumping right into it again after a full year hiatus. <laughs> almost. It, it, it was actually pretty good. No, no, no. Yeah. Like I because I edited it. It was it was fine. We, we actually got a lot of usable highlights out of that one yeah a couple of those cracked the the 3000 view mark on instagram which i still don't know how that happened but yeah i know how amazing. Uh, so when we start posting instagram reels the first four reels we posted got 3000 plus hits yeah which surprised us because at the time that's what we I were mean. used to getting like 20 views on max like on on one of the episodes even like on some of the IGTV videos you were posting. The reason for that is because when you first start posting on Instagram Reels, Instagram tries to boost its reach to kind of get you like into the groove of their thing and everything. And then based on that, if people like the content, then obviously like the algorithm will favor it and everything. I think in terms of our content, I don't I don't know why it kind of tapered off to around the 400 mark. I mean, our, our content is kind of niche in a way, it's, but that's why it, it, it is niche. And that is yeah. why it probably didn't continue to get that level of engagement. It makes sense that it, that it got a little bit of a push at the beginning based on what you're saying, but there is a very specific type of audience that is looking for, uh, for this type of content and it's trying to learn from it. But if you look at the consistent views after that, 
it kind of started to get a little bit more consistent of maybe 300, 400, 500, 600, which is yeah. kind of the audience yeah. that we were typically trying to reach out to anyway. I mean, we weren't um, doing it, this for the numbers game anyway, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. It was just a cool thing we noticed. But definitely yeah, was, IGTV <laughs> and uh, TikTok. Uh, oh, sorry, not IGTV. Reels and TikTok do pretty well for us. Everything else is kind of 30-ish views, but those two platforms, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. Why don't we dive into a little bit of some of the topics that we discussed in this episode? Maybe like the top two or three per episode, I think would be a good, uh, sure, a good sure kind of guide guideline. I'm, I mean, the meat of this episode was the importance of pivoting. So yep. what Bridget did with her business was she was doing predominantly live action video. And then when the pandemic hit, uh, she wasn't getting any of that. So she pivoted into animation video and mm -hmm. she's doing really good on that front, you know, getting a lot of work and everything. So her business is now where it was in the past 90% live action, 10% animation. Now it's the other way around. So the main lesson from that is uh, sometimes you need to pivot your business to survive. And more generically to say, you have to adapt. <laughs> adapt. You have to adapt. Yeah. Adaptability is so key. And if any, any of the businesses that failed or went under during the pandemic it's because of that they didn't get the chance to adapt don't get me wrong i'm not saying it was an easy time for everyone but sometimes some people got hit a lot harder i feel like at the time if we were a lot further along and uh and then we got hit by the pandemic it might have been difficult for us to adapt but because we were so nimble as we mentioned before we managed to kind of low-key survive it you know and just kind of power through it um, do we know anyone that's gone under? Because I've like even people that I check online in the Toronto scene, I they're still up there, still doing work. Maybe the big ones. I think I'm more so talking about the smaller, smaller type agencies or the ones that don't really treat uh, treat their businesses like a business, right? I think that so was I guess just freelance. So what? So I guess just freelancer slash I'm kind of a business owner, kind of just went back to being freelancer Maybe. or just pulled out entirely. Maybe. I mean, a lot of these other companies, they probably are still going, but they probably still took a hit to the point where it just kind of took them back several steps. Right. So I think that's more so what happened. Um, to be honest, I feel like everyone is already very uh, COVIDed out. I don't know if that's the right uh, phrase. Everyone knows it was... I don't, I don't think it's a word, but you know what I mean? <laughs> They're tired of it at this point. We're all kind of moving past it. So let's kind of also talk about some of the other uh, interesting things. And uh, uh, what was this one? Business plans are just a guideline. I found this uh, pretty funny because it's a good way to get your business started. Thinking about what you want to do, how you want to do it, especially when you don't have a lot of experience, but it shouldn't be the be all end all. If you put something in your business plan, that shouldn't be necessarily set in stone. If you need to adapt, if you need to change your business model, you can by all means go for it. The business plan is on is an ongoing process and it's constantly changing. So that that was a pretty funny one that I uh, that I thought. It's like we Barbosa did says in parts of the Caribbean, it's it's not so much a rule as it is a guideline. <laughs> That's what I always <laughs> thought of when I read that. That is a good one. I like that. <laughs> I can hear his voice. With the parlay, already. with the parlay bit. <laughs> the code is more of a guideline. Which <laughs> uh, is ironic because it's a code. The code. <laughs> uh, the other one I really liked from this episode is that video is a high touch business. And what she meant by that is that there's a lot of touch points in the video process, right? You're yeah. constantly like guiding client through it getting their input having a checklist and everything it's not really an automated process yeah there's a lot of involvement in it yeah like you have to involve your client because you want to make sure that what you're producing for them is exactly what they want it's very rare where a client will come to you and say i want video make it and then <laughs> we wait till we final delivery i feel like that probably only happens in very niche uh, parts of the industry. Like for example, if you were to, if you were a very popular product uh, videographer who created a lot of product videos, close-ups, things like that, you might have a brief that you work with the client, but the client can probably send you the product and then you just work with your own team or by yourself in a studio 
produce the product, deliver it, and that's it. That's probably one where there wouldn't be as much of a high-touch business model. But otherwise, in almost every other aspect of video, it is. So it's a, it, was a, it was a nice kind of turn of phrase that she pointed out, which I really liked. Yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. And I guess if you're in the creative industry, I guess everything is, is high-touch. Not just video, but photography, graphics, animation all high touch. Exactly. Uh, You said a good point during that episode too. You said you can't delegate a role you don't know, which is true. You gotta, you gotta have a little, at least a little bit of experience in varying roles, just so when you are hiring or you are delegating tasks, you kind of know what to, what to ask for and then what you should be receiving. Well, it's more so also that you need to know what you expect from that role. It's not necessarily, I, I, I think in that one, I was a little bit more so touching upon the, the point of if you need to have experience at least in some way to understand what the role is so you can uh, delegate it. But at the same time, I, I've learned that you, as long as you also know what you need from this role, what, what the responsibilities are, what the standards are, uh, you've researched the role and you know that it could be very helpful for your business. If you know that, then you can delegate it as well. You can't just say, for example, I need a graphic designer, you hire one, but then you don't have a game plan for them. Essentially, whatever role you have, in order to delegate, you need at least some kind of game plan, whether you know it or not that intensely. Okay, so that's a little different than what you were saying in that episode. <laughs> a, a little bit, yeah. It was, it was funny because I, I, I talked with a few people that had actually even commented on that particular episode. And uh, it's not what I was saying. Uh, I... I'm changing entirely. I do agree with it, but it's more so also adding another element to it where if you understand what is expected of the role, what the standards are, what what the roles and responsibilities will be for it, then you can delegate that as well. You don't necessarily have to be able to be 100% perfect in it, but yes, if you do know how to do the role, if you need to step into it as well, that is another bonus, right? But again, it really depends on the business uh, line of work that you're in. But I think in video, it is definitely a better, it's better for your business if you are able to step into that role because you never know. Sometimes projects change uh, and sometimes you need to put on a few different hats. It is, as I'm sure everyone in this, uh, I'm sure that everyone who has been listening has seen that I wear many different hats on every episode. So <laughs> <laughs> I've taken a very uh, kind of a uh, subtle hint to that uh, with each episode. Was so. that what you meant when you said you need to wear many hats? You just strictly meant you just need to wear many different physical hats? Or did you Interpret mean metaphorically? It as you, as you, will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that, that actually flies into a lot of the, um, of the topics that have been coming up with regards to um, you know, who you kind of need to bring into your business. We've been asking a lot who your first hires are. And a lot of the answers are pretty much like, look, when you get to a point, where am I going with this? Like you basically, I guess in terms of delegating, you kind of, if you are an entrepreneur and a business owner like us, you, you kind of will know what that, like how to delegate properly because you are wearing all the different hats that you will have to delegate in order to grow the business. So I guess on that end, the biggest takeaway would be you need to learn how to communicate properly to your delegators or communicate your delegations properly. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I think it was Matthew Collins. He was saying uh, from Capture the Moment Media, he was talking about how, uh, yeah, you need to delegate, but you also need to know how to communicate properly because as an entrepreneur, if you've been doing it all yourself, you kind of have the game plan kind of in your head but the person you're hiring might not have that game plan or your vision exactly so you need to learn how to communicate that properly to them as well yeah and especially when you're hiring people you have to hire people that can take a load of the workload off of you i don't know a load of the workload a load of the workload (laughs) (laughs) they take the load off so you just have the work yeah exactly exactly (laughs) where they would basically take over a a part of the business that is taking up a huge amount of your time. And 
I remember we, when we, the first time we started to kind of do that was when we were delegating the editing role uh, with a lot of our client projects, because when, when we first started, we were basically going from project to project, right? You know, one small project for about a week, two weeks, three weeks, we're done. Then we move on to the next one. We were very self-sustaining, self-sufficient business at that point, the two of us. And then when we started noticing that it was one project popped up, but then another person called, then another person called, then another person called. At the same time, we're having three to five projects happening at the same time. You and I can't do all of that. You know, and we needed to bring other people that we can trust and develop relationships with. And, and that's how we were able to kind of expand and grow. And that kind of saved us also in, in 2020 when there was a little bit of an influx of work towards the end of the year. And we managed to manage all those projects. <laughs> well, uh, earlier this year, it saved their butts too. Because yep. uh, we brought Nick, our editor on. And whew, I don't know how we would have finished that project if it wasn't for him. That project wouldn't have happened without, without him at that point. Because yeah. producing 80 videos in, sorry, 88 videos in one month is not something that is very doable or easy if you don't have people helping you. Especially nope. when you're on set constantly throughout the day. You need someone who is working on those videos, pumping them out as they go. That's the only way to do it. So yeah. Uh, okay. Last point before that. there's two more points just quickly on SEO. We touched on, we, everyone already knows at this point. Yes. SEO is very yep. helpful and everything. Um, so yes, we're just going to quickly pass from that point to um, the last point of that episode, which was talking about how uh, it's hard being a solopreneur if you don't have like a team. So I remember um, Richard was talking about how like for her, when she gets a good project or whatever, like she doesn't have anyone to high five except for herself. Self five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she has like developed a strong network with the other businesses around her office. So I guess if you are a solopreneur, it's good to develop a type of uh, network of other businesses. So you can have that sort of um, emotional support uh, system in place, uh, not just for when you're, running into problems, but also when you're doing well, it's just good to be able to talk to someone about that. You want, you want to share your milestones with people, with someone at least, right? And it's not also just surrounding yourself with certain people um, within your network, but it's also sometimes the environment, having sometimes even a workspace to go to where a lot of other creative and like-minded people are all working on their own projects, their own businesses. That's why I've always found interesting these uh, shared workspace type, uh, I wouldn't call them incubators really, but it's like a shared workspace. So work hub, of, uh, isn't that what they call work it? Work hub, yeah, work hub. That's, that's the word. Uh, where basically just a lot of entrepreneurs all get together and, and, uh, and just work on their projects. It's just a creative space to, it's almost, you know what it's like? It's almost like university, but for adults and entrepreneurs kind of. You know, it's, like it's, the, just that it's the it's like the library section of the university. That's it. The That's third exactly floor of the Ryerson it. Library. Everybody's <laughs> quiet. Nobody makes noise. <laughs> no, that was the one that was the open con open concept where you could talk. Wasn't that it? Oh yeah, yeah. that was the uh, what was it? I, I forget what it was called. But yeah, I, anyways, I get they get the point. Mean, yeah, yeah. But one thing just to note about uh, these shared workspaces is Google will be a pain to get your business registered if you're going to be working out. No, of no, no, no. <laughs> You're going to confuse them. If you want to get the verification code so you That's can change your is. address on Google Maps, it is a nightmare to deal with. We're trying to come up with, I mean, they're supposed to mail you the code. We've been waiting over a month. I don't know what they're, what's going on. It's been over a month. They say they'll send it in two weeks. So we get in touch with them and then they're like, okay, we could do a, a, a video verification in per, like, so they'll just, we'll go on Google meets and whatever. And we're, we're now registered with this work hub place. And then apparently because their signage is not there, it doesn't count. So I'm like, okay, can you at least send us the verification code? And it's like, yeah, it'll be sent by mail. I'm like, it's been over a month and I've done it twice. And they're like, okay, we can't do anything about it because that's a different department. I'm like, can you connect me with someone with that department? They're like, it's all automated. We can't help you. And I'm like, this doesn't help me at all. <laughs> What I, what I find very funny is that over video call, they want to see, they want to see a business card. They want to see, uh, they want to see signage. They want to see your third born, uh, you, <laughs> but with what size email, underwear do you wear, but yeah, what type and then of underwear you wear, but yeah. the verification code 
you get you that. It doesn't matter if you're even a business. You, yeah. Yeah. Makes no sense. Anyway. No sense. <laughs> it's a little we Google. Uh, that's a little Google rant. I hope they hear this and figure it out for us. Hopefully this yeah, clip Google, goes viral. Are you listening. Are you listening, please? I mean, they're listening for sure. I don't, I don't think they're actually, they're listening, but not actively listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Anyways. Next was episode 17. We had Judah Hernandez from Black and White Media. And uh, Judah had a lot of metaphors in that episode. <laughs> uh, he, he had a lot of good, he had a lot of good sayings. Um, uh, but I really liked a lot of the topics that uh, he also really dove into, which was about the need to educate your clients on the video process. And after that episode, I noticed a little bit more when when you're taught, when I was talking to clients about the process or, or, or anything video related, some of them who haven't done video before, they, they want to know, they want to understand it a little bit more. And you have to be open to just even explaining the most basic of things to you. They might be basic, but to them, it's, it helps them understand how video fits within their business. Because if they think to themselves, a lot of people come to us and say, Hey, uh, is it possible to get a video done in three days? That's because they don't know how it works, how much time and uh, energy goes into it. And that is what, part of the reason why all of last year and this year, we've been creating a lot of our own uh, educational blog video content that kind of dives into different aspects of the whole video production industry and the whole process. And I think it's really helped uh, a lot of our leads and, and clients understand how we work and how the world, I mean, how we the definitely video use, world works. Yeah, I mean, we definitely use it as reference points, you know, if... Uh especially at the beginning, we'll say, if this is your first time, check out this video, or uh, we're going through this process right now. Here's a, little, here's a little video that explains it. Oh, okay, you need to prepare for an on-camera interview. Here's another uh, blog content that'll ex just explain the whole process to you and what you need to prep for. It's definitely helpful. Yeah, as, anyways, as I was saying, uh, you need to discover your client's challenges. When you're talking to them, if you don't know what pain points they have, what challenges they're facing, what problems they're trying to solve, if you don't understand that, there's not much you can do in terms of recommendation. Sometimes clients might come to you already knowing what those are, which is great because then you can work, you already, you will know immediately what type of videos will work for them. But sometimes they might come to you and say, this is, uh, we're thinking about doing a video. Very open-ended though. Where do, you, where do you start? And always the best way to start is figuring out what challenge are you trying to tackle? What problem are you trying to solve? Yeah, and sometimes they'll come up to you and say, we need, I don't know, this type of video um, and we just need a number for it. So this also is applicable because you need to, again, it's like going to a doctor. Right. You don't go to a doctor and say, I need this medication for my back. You go to him and you say, I got a back problem. What do I do? And then he diagnoses you and says, OK, you know what? Actually, you just twisted something out of go. I don't know here. You need surgery. You don't need medication. Right. So it's the same thing when it comes to video. Right. When a client comes to you, you need to diagnose and see what the real problem is, not the problem they're presenting you with. So you have to keep asking questions. You need to, again, um, discover your client's challenges, and then you need to kind of prescribe the solution to that problem. Again, find the problem and deliver the solution. That might not be what they want to hear either. Like sometimes if they say, no, we want this kind of video. Um, and then you say, actually, I think you need this. If they disagree with you, you have two options. You can either go ahead and still do what they want, or you can say, look, if you don't trust my expertise, then maybe it's Maybe you should go to someone else. Go to another doctor, video doctor. Uh, Dr. Kirill, Dr. Dario, you know, it's got some ring to it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to go to the doctor from The Simpsons, you know. Maybe that guy will help you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, some clients are simply looking for yes people, and that's it. They just want people to boss around. And if they're not willing to listen to you, that's a very good indicator of the type of relationship you might have with them and you have to decide for yourself are these the types of work relationships you want to have with your clients or do you want to form a partnership a collaboration something where you both work together and grow from so these are questions you have to also ask yourself it has to reflect your philosophy right so if you're pitching 
results-based videos, right? You also want to have results-based relationships, right? You don't want a relationship with a client that ends up with zero result, right? If you create a video just because you were a yes man and it wasn't the right video for them and the, the result is zip nothing, then you, you're getting nothing out of that relationship either. Sure, you'll get a paycheck, but is it a continuous paycheck? Probably not. You, you, you bring up a very valid point because one of the things I even tell a lot of leads now is that we're not looking for just a one project uh, client. That, that's not what we're looking for. We don't want to just uh, take this lead in, do a quick video for them, send them on their way, and that's it. That's not what we're about. We want to grow with our clients. We want to see them succeed. I tell them this even in our first introductory call because I let them know right away what my intention is of working with them, how I see our uh, business relationship moving forward. And a lot of the time I get great responses from them. And a lot of them are intrigued because probably a lot of people don't tell them that right off the bat. Yeah. I, I can imagine a lot of production companies, they get a call and they, someone says, I need a video. Okay. Uh, so when do you want to do the video? It's like, that's not the first question you ask. <laughs> when is the due date? When do you want to do it? What's your budget? They might not even ask the budget until deep into the sales process, but yeah, yeah, like, I mean, for sure. And again, this goes back to client education. A lot of clients are not familiar with our world. So this is why you have to really educate them, not just on the video process, but your process as well. Exactly. And if uh, you don't know your process, you got to sit process. down and figure that out. <laughs> exactly. And that was actually another thing that helped us even uh, that was that was that was actually another topic that we discussed uh, throughout the, the episodes as well, that you need to know how you're going to do the whole process from start to finish and get as detailed as possible. We all know the classic pre-production, production and post-production. That's just clients, a small, that's just a small part of it. That's not even including all the and then even those are broken down into Exactly. Here's the thing. I think if you're a freelancer or you're just starting your video production business, you're, you're just focusing on that. And even those processes are very basic. You know, they're not as detailed yeah. as you think they are. You need to figure things out right from the introductory call or right when they fill out the form on your website. What's the next step after that? You got to figure it out all the way to contract signing and then pre-production. Then within pre-production, you got to have everything in place. Yeah. Storyboarding, shot lists, you know, the classics. Treatment. <laughs> yeah. But that goes, that goes to systems, which we talked about a couple of episodes further down. <laughs> I, I feel like what, what I'm seeing with this recap episode is we're, we're kind of going from topic to topic, which I, I kind of like it. I like the, the more organic way of how we're going from it, but we do have to also highlight some of the key episodes that we we talked about and and those ones and we'll just go episode to episode and this yeah, might yeah, even yeah. be a two-parter i I was, I was actually gonna say i think this is gonna be like a two maybe even a three-parter depending on how yeah, long this gets because we're only on episode 17 <laughs> we're on episode two <laughs> technically we're already a half hour in <laughs> is it actually okay wow yeah so um, who knows but okay let's go to the next part which was uh working on your proposal yeah. So that was one thing Judah was talking about how when he really puts a lot more effort into his proposals, that's when he started to close a lot more projects, which I agree, but we personally have taken, taken a different approach to this. So we don't really refer to our proposals as proposals anymore. We yeah. kind of just refer to them as summaries, summary meeting. And uh, we actually... Yeah. Chris point Chris from Signature Video Group pointed this out, which is the episode after this, how you, your proposal should just be a summary or a recap of everything you've discussed up until that point. Basically, your yeah. proposal, there's no surprises there. You're just doing a recap. This is what we this is what you came to me for. Uh, this is kind of the information I got from you. This is the solution I, I suggested. This was the budget uh, this, we discussed. This, this is the budget we discussed. These are some more details. Um, okay, so do you want to move? Are we moving forward with this? Ball yeah. is in your court. That that is how you have to look at it, and uh, it's uh, like the the word proposal. I've I've noticed that it's really it's like the RFP. It puts you in a position where the client is there to judge you, and what and what you're going to provide them is not good enough, and that you have to dazzle them 
that's not that's not what the point is from that project the dazzling comes later when we actually produce the content for you because you already know especially what's going to be coming from that the the proposal the proposal stage yes like you said is the sum is more so the summary document stage i i didn't realize that we actually discussed that on the Chris episode. So that was like a, a nice kind of. Uh, yeah, Chris was talking about how it was just like a it should just be a recap. You shouldn't be bringing up anything new, which makes sense, because if you're doing things the right way, if you are discovering your clients challenges, problems, and then you're talking about the solutions and everything, the proposal like you're not supposed to be doing that at the end. You've you've done all that stuff like again, yeah. RFP or a proposal is so it's such a broken system because you're trying to sell them on you. So you are facing an uphill battle at that point. Right. But mm-hmm. by the time you get to that stage, if you do things the right way, they're already sold on you. Like if they say no at that point, a, they wasted a lot of your time. B you wasted a lot of their time. C you didn't vet properly. Or yeah. D, you screwed up big time. You you yeah. you screwed up something earlier, and now you're paying the price for it, right? Yeah, the summary document essentially there shouldn't be any issues when you get to that point. Maybe just some clarifications or adjustments based on what was discussed. But think of it like this: if you were to say you came up with an idea when you're talking to a client, they're giving you their problems, their challenges, they're trying to you're trying to figure out a solution for them, and then you come up with a cool idea. You tell them right in that initial call, it's like, this is what we're thinking that we can do for your project. It will solve this, this, and this because of this reason and this reason. What do you think? And then they'll be like, oh, since you put it that way, that's good. But imagine if you put it on a document. The way you write it is going to be interpreted very differently to how you would probably communicate it uh, verbally or in person. It's like it's like the classic uh, broken telephone idea that, that we've discussed before, you know? Uh, over over um, a slide deck or anything like that, people are going to interpret it differently. Sometimes they need to hear from the person, the expert, what they're going to create for them. What is a document going to necessarily tell them aside from a little bit of a summary, right? So that that's another thing he discussed as well, how he uh, he presents his proposals directly to the decision makers, right? And so some other companies mentioned that as well. I, I, I think Chris mentioned it and uh, Braden and Cameron from Your Story Agency mentioned that. Cameron Cameron was really big on that, how if he, he's presenting the, the proposal or whatever, he makes sure he gets the decision maker on the line because again, there's no point playing that broken telephone game where they ba- you, you pitched yourself to someone who now has to pitch you to their higher up. That doesn't make sense, right? That, that yeah. system is completely broken and uh, you're most likely not going to get the project doing it like that. Yeah, because sometimes you don't even know what potential bias that that decision maker might have from that employee because sometimes higher ups might have certain opinions of what the capabilities are. Of no, I don't, I don't even think it's that, Carol. I think it's just it, the it fact could that- could be though. I, I think it's just, no, no. Because then you're talking about a toxic environment I think it's just the oh, fact yeah, that true, true. no one can sell you better than yourself and yeah. they're not going to be able to like there's, there's certain things that you're just not going to put in that document. There might just be bullet points or whatever that you need to elaborate on. Again, yep. if, if they're not the decision maker, you got to get them on. That's what we've started to do as well. It's worked out, it's working out pretty good. No complaints. Actually, the, if they say no, they don't want to. That's a red flag right there. So that goes back to vetting your client properly and getting them to go through your process, not just you going through their hoops. They also got to, you know, like you, you have a system, you need to have a system in place. And if you're doing everything right, that system works for you. If someone doesn't want to follow the system, go somewhere else. Cause otherwise I'm just going to waste my time. If you spend all this time developing a process that works for you, why would you break that? Well, the other thing you also have to remember or that people need to remember is that this process is not just for us, but it's also for the client. It, yeah. is, it is designed exactly in a way that helps deliver a good experience for them and help manage a lot of the questions and things that they, they have. Imagine, uh, I remember early days, we would work on a client for a project. They would ask for a certain deliverable. We say, sure, something like this. Okay, great. Perfect. We do the deliverable. We give it to them. But then that's when a lot of revisions start coming because then the client is going to be like, oh, maybe we also need this. Oh, maybe we also need this. No, we also need this. 
But if you didn't go through the process in the beginning of trying to figure out what they need in the video, a little bit more in depth that they can sign off on, then, uh, then, then that's it. Then that means your you didn't have a system that worked. So that's actually sometimes a good indicator. If there's too many revisions happening in the, in the, in the post-production process, that means you clearly didn't do enough in the pre-production and working with your client to develop that part of the process further. Yeah, just a, a small uh, note regarding revisions because we did talk, uh, we, we had a really good episode uh, on revisions. It's, it'll be coming up after this sometime. Um, you should also figure out a way not to let it get out of hand too much because sometimes the revision process, even if you did every did do everything the right way, it could still pop up where it turns into like this mutation or this like cancerous tumor that's just going out of control. So I, I guess just for other production companies out there, it, it is a good idea to educate your client on the revision uh, process. Yeah. So if you, after like the, a certain amount of revisions, you, you can't let them know after they've signed the contract and after, and when you guys are in post-production that, Hey, after the third one, you guys got to start paying because that's going to cause problems too. So yeah. one thing we've done, for example, is we've put that in our, um, in our expectations of what they need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Setting it, that to them. Yeah. Yeah. We put that in our, in our earlier documents, I think even before onboarding, uh, oh, in our, yeah, in our summary uh, document, we put that, stri we strictly outline, look, this is the, or I think it was in our, our onboarding documents, you know, like this is part of our system. Like we, if we, we include these amount of revisions, it's outlined in this part of our contract. Again, you got to have transparency with your client because you don't want, it, it'll cause problems later on that don't need to be, that don't need to happen. So this kind of loops into checklists as well. You need to have a checklist uh, for your clients and you need to let them in on those checklists so that as they're going through the process with you, they're checking off on everything, right? So you break it down into however many stages, your onboarding, your pre-production, your production, your post-production, as long as they're involved with the process, then later on when something does arise, you kind of like, you did your due diligence and they know everything. So they can't, it can't turn into a sour or bitter relationship. Yeah. Just a way of mitigating that. Exactly. At the end of the day, you have to mitigate that. You have to make sure that they have a good experience. And sometimes if you realize that you made a mistake somewhere in the process, you have to do what you can to make sure though, that the client is happy, learn from that experience and apply it to the next project or with the next client. But with that, if you bring up too many issues within while that project is trying to be completed, that's when a sour relationship could come from it. If depending on who you're communicating with, right. It might sometimes be a little bit easier if it's a long-term client that you've, um, that knows you very well, then you, maybe you can kind of, uh, talk to them a little bit more frankly. Uh, but if it's sometimes a, a new client, you don't necessarily know each other that well as of yet. And that's why you have to really make sure you understand more in the pre you have to communicate these things more so in the pre-production so that you can avoid those problems yeah again set setting expectations that is key uh that is the key uh in ingredient in this you gotta let for both sides you know what, mm -hmm. what is their expectation of you and what is your expectation of them exactly it's a collaborative effort it's not you're not working for someone and they're not working for you you guys are working together to achieve a certain goal or solve a certain problem. Uh, and this kind of also goes back, it goes to our, one of the last points from uh, our episode with Judo is, is, is nice phrase, a turn of phrase, the biggest challenge will always be yourself. So get out of your own way sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of other things we discussed in that episode, just quickly, um, uh, you need people around you that you can trust. Obviously, this goes to having a strong team and just being able to delegate the work to people that, again, you trust. Um, in terms of, I think the hardest part about that is hiring the right people. So secret to that, I don't know. You just have to trial and error it and get lucky, I guess. Uh, but that, that is uh, one that I think a lot of people have trouble with is just hiring the right people. So, but once you do hire the right people, then you should be able to trust them and that'll, 
makes your team really well. And then I would say yeah. last point before we move on to the next episode is um, uh, video is the gateway to real problems. So by that, he meant like when you figure out what the true pain points are, then you can apply the right solution to it. I guess this loops back to yeah, exactly. problem solution. Yeah, sometimes I think what he meant by that is like if you really want to figure out what potential problems or challenges you're facing in your business, try to make a video. The right company will ask you the right questions that you probably haven't even thought of. And then you can start thinking to yourself, oh, I don't know what my key message will be for this project. Okay, maybe I have to first figure out what I want to communicate for it before I even dive into it. Okay, thank you for letting me know. And that's that that also goes to the um, to back to what we were saying, where we're trying to also help educate the clients. We ask these questions because they will help ultimately help you in more than one way or another. I remember one time we did a, we did a discovery call with this one potential lead where it was, I think it was like five of us in that call. And we were asking these questions. And then one of them got very defensive from us asking these I questions. I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. He said, why are you asking so many questions? What do I, why do I have to answer these questions for you? And we said, we're trying to just understand your business and your and business. Yeah. They didn't, you. they didn't know how their business worked. And, and the funny thing is that that, re- that call ended that relationship, which I thought was hilarious. Cause we got a call from our contact there after that. And they're like, Oh, I was really upset about the thing and the this and the that. And I was like, what happened? Like, we were just asking like a, a simple, straightforward questions. Like, but again, I we're guess they asking, wanted, like, what was your goal? What yeah. how does your business work? Why, what type of video do you, th- uh, what, what kind of videos can we possibly make based on your, on how you guys operate your business? If you don't, if you don't want to communicate that to us, then I would, then we can't help you. So that's fine. I, honestly, I I'm, I'm happy that that, uh, that that didn't, that that project didn't go through and that just yeah. affirmed a lot of the things that we talked about <laughs> yeah and i guess that the, it was just a red flag for us when they reacted that we were like all right we didn't mean anything but i don't even know what you took from it but okay okay bye <laughs> some people are some people are also naturally defensive i i, I noticed one thing that I find that is a defensive trait if you're talking with someone on zoom is if they have a blank screen uh, on purpose and don't want to show their face to you. That's a very, to me, that's personally like a little bit of a red flag sometimes because yeah, it's like, why are we doing this over I Zoom think, if you don't want to show think me going your face? Fo- yeah, I think going forward, it's like, no, like I, I need to see who I'm doing business with. Okay, we can reschedule this then. And then I would just take that as a red flag. Like I think, exactly. I think a lot of video production companies, well, I, I don't know how it is with the bigger ones, but at least for people like us, you really need to vet your potential yeah. leads because it, it's time consuming creating a video and there's a lot of work, a lot of resources that need to go into it. It's it's a big time investment and it could be like a, a potentially bad money investment for you as well because you got to hire people and everything. You need to vet your clients, man. Like if you're getting a bad vibe or they don't want to go ahead with the system you have in place, bye, go away. I don't need you. I got other people. I got, I get email. We get emails every day. New people. I don't care. Bye. I got another lead. Yeah. Cause if someone else will come that, along, that'll be better than you. If you're working on that project and dealing with that headache, that's taking away time that you could be helping someone else who actually needs the needs help it and, and is willing to listen to work yeah. with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, Why would you put yourself through that? Uh, beginners do because one, they don't know better. They don't know. Two, two, they need money. Honestly, they need money. Yeah. Everyone experiences this in the beginning. I, I like there have, I remember one of the very first projects we ever did was like this real estate company. Uh, I think it was based in Kingston or something like that. And uh, we did most of the project. Uh, we finished the video edits, delivered them radio silence for like two weeks from them. And then at the end they said, Oh, we don't really want these videos. So we're not, no, no. They asked us, they asked us to do some edits. Now, mind you, this was, Oh, actually that, no, Carol, I remember that project. They asked us to edit some of the videos they had edited. That's something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, and then radio silence. Yeah. Radio silence. And they don't want to pay. No, no, no. You're dealing with me. You pay. Yeah, <laughs> we've always been paid for every project. We've never not been paid for a project. Take note from Henry Hill in uh, Goodfellas, or no, Polly from Goodfellas. 
Polly, there's oh yeah. No, no, we always get paid for our work. Never, never not been paid for a project. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's like, to be honest with you. Never experienced it. People, they don't have processes set in place. Processes are there not only to protect you, but also no, even, to protect the client. Even when we didn't, even when we didn't have processes, we still got paid for <laughs> all of our stuff. <laughs> but on the topic of payment, one new thing we've been doing is uh yeah. We, we, uh, before we start production and now we're like hundred percent adamant about this, uh, we get paid 50% or we have a split of, uh, if For there's a, a big, if there's a big, uh, uh, time difference between when you guys sign the contract and the first production date, we do 15% deposit and then 35, the 35 is due before production. And then the other option we have is 50% before, uh, production. And then the other 50 is due on the first draft. We don't mess around with this stuff, like especially now that we're getting bigger and bigger projects. If we have to hire a crew, that's People a big chunk of yeah. They, yeah. they got to get paid. I've never not paid a freelancer. In fact, yeah. we pay them the day of <laughs> the day we, we the, the day the project is done. Up. We pay them. The latest usually is something like um, depending on obviously how big the project is also, but most of the time we pay within a week usually because. We've been on their end. We like the feeling of being paid right away after you've done the work. Yeah. Not chasing people for months. Uh, it's not fun. So we we want to take care of the people that we work with because we we understand what that's like. And these deposits that we're asking for from our clients, it's it's not just for us. It's also for you as a business. Imagine you have put a hundred thousand dollars into the marketing for a certain campaign, and you hire a video production company. Uh, which is set to start shooting and producing a video a month before you need that video ready. You hire them, uh, but you don't pay a deposit. And then two weeks later, when you're supposed to have set shoot, they, who knows what that company might, uh, might be up to because there's no deposit or anything set. in No, stone. no, but that that's, that's, I think what you're saying is you need to set that in that situation. You, yeah, you should have signed the contract. Deposits are you know mainly, I mean? it, no, no, look, accountability. Deposits, Look, it's meant deposits, for accountability. Deposits are just so uh, they're in, you know, it's more so commitment. You're committed down to this project for both. It's for both parties. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a commitment from one to the other and vice no, versa. No, no, no. Because for us, if you give us the deposit, whether you give us the deposit or not, I mean, we have it in our contract, but let's say back in the day, we just had the contract first and then we did a lump sum. Yeah, at we're, the still end. we're still in. Like as soon as you sign the contract, we're legally bound. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, it's more so yeah, we yeah, want that right. commitment from the client to go like, I don't, you, you can't back out. Like you're, you're committed to going through with this, right? Because again, it, um, we're going to have to put a lot of work into this. So this deposit covers the, the, um, the uh, pre-production work, the communications, the cast and crew scheduling, it covers a lot of stuff. Even and then the also like, imagine, yeah, imagine they canceled like the day before on you where well, we've had stuff like that in the past. Right. And at the time it was just me and you shooting. So it was all good, but imagine well, you hire that, someone and then you yeah, tell really. them, you tell them like the, 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 the day, uh, the day of, or the night before, Hey, it's canceled, man. That guy probably took, took yours instead of someone else's project. So now they're short, whatever their day rate is. And that's not that fair ruins to them. A relationship that ruins With your them relationship too. Yeah. With them. It's not good. It's not right. Yeah. Essentially, it's there just for accountability for everyone, too. So uh, anyways, I think that pretty much covers everything at this point from uh, Judah's episode. I mm -hmm. Let's go with at least one more for now. And, and, and then. Well, how far are we that. into this right now? We're 45 minutes into this episode. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. This yeah, might so be I like think... a three parter. I like this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I like it because essentially this is uh, what we're basically doing is going through some of the episodes and, uh, and kind of re uh, not rediscovering uh, sorry, but um, going more into about, detail and on like yeah. the top, like the key points from that episode. Exactly. I think we're finding the, the format now for these recap episodes and they might even just be uh, lapse discusses topic, or I don't know, like it'll, it could have a completely <laughs> different type of uh <laughs> topic never, never try like naming something again <laughs> well no maybe not on the fly i can't do it on the fly like this i can do a lot of other things on the fly but you get, all I the guess, other thing you could do on the fly is just the intros <laughs> oh come on what is this guy what is this guy saying right here come on anyways anyways 
Uh, for episode 18, we had uh, Chris from Signature Video Group. And one really cool point that he really stressed was that an entrepreneur has to build a new skill every year, at least something, however big or small. You need to constantly be growing not only your business, but your you and your skill sets. You need to grow with your business. If your business is growing and you aren't, then something's wrong. I think that's, I don't know what to elaborate on that. Like we've, we've been experiencing it. I mean, granted, we're still new. So every year is like a big learning experience on many different ends. But um, yeah, I guess if you're an entrepreneur, the, the learning never ends. You know, school is never out. Nope. nope. Yeah, you graduated from school, but yeah, you, <laughs> the school of life is uh, something <laughs> a little bit different, right? <laughs> Getting too philosophical uh, here. <laughs> yeah. Um, other points from that episode, we kind of already discussed. We discussed the broken telephone game, video as an investment, uh, increasing out output by increasing your team. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty yeah, self-explanatory. We talked about pretty much most of these. Yeah, we yeah, also talked your about leads. Yep. Uh, increasing output by increasing your team. I mean, the video as an investment is actually something we didn't really, we kind of hinted at, but we didn't really oh, we didn't talk about it too yet? much. Uh, but that's one thing that probably at least uh, clients that know what they're needing and they know what challenges they're trying to solve, they will automatically realize that the video is an investment. No, uh, no, no, no. That's not what it was. I remember this one. No, I know, but I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking a point from the, it is what the I'm client, as well. the client doesn't realize that the video is an investment. It's our job to inf to make them view it as an investment. That's what that point was. Yes. If they don't at that point, but they I'm normally never some, do. Yeah, because a lot of them also don't know what challenges they're trying to solve. If if a client is coming to you is like, maybe we need a video. Why do you need a video? Because other people are doing it. That is a good example of a client that doesn't really realize how much of an investment it is. They know it's something that a lot of people are doing and will probably help their business, but they don't really know how it's tied to them. And the key is in order to teach them that video is an investment, you have to tie it to their particular situation. Whatever their uh, challenges or problems they are solving, uh, if the video can solve that particular challenge or problem, then, then they will be able to make connect the dots. It's about kind of connecting the dots and, and, um, and applying to their mm. unique situations, kind of. No, I think, I think I realized. you're... No, you're, you're making it more complex than it is. Am I being, <laughs> yeah, you're making it way more complex than it was, like... The, the main gist of that was basically we were discussing how video production companies view videos as investments for their clients, right? But the client mostly sees it as a service or an asset, right? Oh, right, right, whereas, right. Yeah. Whereas they need, you need to reframe your client's thinking to view the video as an investment. Because once you do that, then what happens is they're not looking at it as, okay, I need this one minute video with uh, two 15 second ads for the marketing campaign, just because we need the video component part of it. And yeah, we'll put video ads and this and that. They need to view it as like, okay, I'm putting money to get this asset because it's going to give me a certain ROI. Yeah. So even when you're going through the discovery call and you're asking them questions related to this, it's supposed to get them to reframe their thinking. Because now, again, you're talking to them and saying, look, this video is going to be 10K, but what are you going to get out of this? And they need to be able to tell you, I'm going to get 100,000 out of this. Okay, great. That's a 10 times, you're getting 10 times what you're putting into this. That makes sense. Because then if you say like, okay, well, let's put a little bit more into this and you'll get 20 times, you'd have to be an idiot to say no to that, right? Whereas if you're yeah. viewing it just as an asset, or a service, then wow, going from 10,000 to 20,000, whoo, that's a big step, right? But if you say it, uh, if you say it another way, we say like, look, instead of a, you're going to put 10,000, you're going to put, you're going to get 100,000 out of this. Well, let's do this. You need a, you need a hit 200 for an extra 10, you'll be able to do this. Why wouldn't you do that? Again, I'm yeah. using examples here just so you guys yeah. get the point, but that's roughly the, 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 the gist of it. And you can be direct in saying this as well to them. Like that's what we started to do when we have our introductory calls or discovery calls. 
we refer to video as an investment. You say like, what's the budget you set aside for this investment? And they're always taken aback by that. But it's true. If you're just getting the, if you're paying for video and not thinking about it like an investment, what are you doing? You're just wasting money. Yeah, they're literally, you're, that's, that's exactly it. They're wasting money. They're wasting their time, ultimately, not only our time, but theirs especially too. So why would you be throwing money into something when you don't know how it's going to help you, right? And this is kind of why I was, this is kind of what I was elaborating a little bit more in my previous point where you have to tie the investment to how it will help them uh, kind of grow from, from it, right? You have to basically turn it into an investment in their eyes. You can't just tell them it's an investment, right? That's why I'm saying you have to, you have to relate it to their unique situation. And sometimes, and, and the first way to do that is ask those probing questions, ask why they're making the video, what is the purpose, how they're going to promote it, what problems or challenges they're going to be solving with it. And that inadvertently puts it in their minds that video is an investment because of all those things it is solving, right? It's about tying it in and, and kind of reframing, as you said, uh, but inadvertently, you can't just tell someone this is an investment. Great. No, well, you can. No, no, no. You you can tell them. Actually, I disagree. And I'm you saying can. it's not. That's not the only thing you have to do. You can't just say it. You have to do more. You have to also. You have elaborate. to do more, but you have to start yeah. with again. You start. Yeah. I get your point, and it makes sense. But you have to start with reframing their mindset. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You, it's like when you go to the military, they don't just get you to go and do a couple of workouts and this or that. They shave your head. They like throw away your clothes. They give you a uniform. They make they 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 build they break you down to build you back up. It's the same thing. You need to break them down to build them back up, right? Because the 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 mindset that they have going into this, ninety nine percent of the time, is completely wrong. They're not Welcome seeing to this. the Laps Productions uh, Army Boot Camp for clients. <laughs> this is how we will start bringing right, Gomer, you your investment. Gomer pile. <laughs> Gomer what pile. is this gomer pile sir a jelly donut sir a jelly donut <laughs> what the hell is that <laughs> <laughs> i was watching that in the background earlier i mean it's a good <laughs> that's not a background scene though when you're not seeing plays you, you, everything else stops and you watch it <laughs> <laughs> i i really wish i had that that sergeant in my life just I'd be so successful by now. I'd be like a billionaire. People hated him, but he's like the like that's the the best person to have in your life. But that guy would wake you up at four. You'd be like, you'd be a, you'd be the best entrepreneur in the world. You'd be you'd have like your work ethic would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you slack off, he just yells at you and makes you do like a <laughs> hundred laps. <laughs> you, you you don't want you don't want to be doing a hundred laps. Then make sure you finish that proposal today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good motivator, right? Yeah, yeah. What are we at right now? What minute? Uh, we're at an hour. We're at an hour. Yeah. Maybe we could I, just I think do a this little is bit. Actually, I think this might actually though be a good point to kind of. Uh, you want to end, end it off here? One. Yeah, I think. I think <laughs> we, we only went, went through, through three, bro. <laughs> we only went through three, but I think I think this actually might end up being a two-parter because I'm as I'm scrolling through. A lot of the other topics that are in those episodes, we kind of touched upon a little bit here. But oh yeah, again, we did. But again, we will go through them. We will discuss them a little bit more in detail and kind of elaborate because um, there's a lot to unpack in these episodes. You can't really, you can't really summarize it all in just one hour. All the ideas that we talked about. That's why we had ten episodes that were an hour to an hour and a half each. It's a lot of things. They were an, hour, they were an hour to about. hour 15. But yeah, it was a lot of stuff. I mean, we did post a lot of the, the highlights on, on Reels and TikTok. So if you're keeping your eyes peeled and following us on social media like you should be doing, then you would have uh, gotten all the good chunks out of those. But if you didn't, then shame on you. And why are you watching this or listening yeah. to this? <laughs> How did you end up at the end of this video? Did you actually stay all the way? Really? You know why? Because this is like the <laughs> Cliff Notes episode. So they're like, okay, this one I'll watch. Well, this was the, the Wikipedia and the Spark Notes, you know, from the old days. <laughs> uh, maybe we should no. do one more just to. Well, yeah, you're right. The other ones are very uh, similar. Yeah, I, I think this is a good point to cut it off at. And then do we hey, even need to do another content. one. Like we pretty much touched on like. Yeah, but I want to I also just want to give the shout outs also to everyone 
in another episode. True, so true. The next one will be more of a rapid fire because we kind of highlighted a lot of the key. We went through the meat of here. this uh, recap stuff. Yeah. I wonder what the next recap will be after the next 10 episodes, right? So I'm curious. Yeah, I want some new stuff. Like, uh, I don't want to hear the same stuff over and over again. And I think on that front, we have been kind of guiding the conversation towards topics that we're more interested in because otherwise we'll just hear a repeat and after repeat after repeat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll, we already have like eight other episodes in the can. And there's, yeah, there's another one scheduled. Um, I haven't done any more outreach because I've been pushing it off for some weird reason, but I should probably get back on that. I've been slowly get uh, trying to get some more people. Like I'm, I'm really excited about some of the latest episodes that we had recorded because we started bringing in different types of people into the, into the conversation. I think that's the first step. Uh, up until, uh, up until I guess episode twenty eight, maybe even episode thirty or so, we had a lot of pretty much very similar people where we're all small production companies uh, where we're kind of sharing our experiences, which is great. But a lot of us experience the exact same challenges, the exact same problems, like in different ways. But this is why uh, we want to start bringing in different creatives from different parts of the industry where they can share a completely different mindset because uh, we did one recently where uh, some ideas were shared that completely reframed how we were thinking because the way they were conducting their work worked for them, but we figured out ways that it could actually elevate our side of the business by doing it in our own way. Not necessarily exactly what they're doing, but getting ideas from it of how we can also improve. And that's kind of what we're trying to do also with this series is you know, show different people's uh, backgrounds, their different types of uh, worlds, and you might learn something as well, right? I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, yeah. well I, that I think we can kind of leave it at that. Thanks for the the select few that stayed all the way to the end of this video. Don't worry, though. We will be dropping a couple different uh, snippets from this for months to come hopefully so we'll see how it goes (laughs) nah it's usually it usually lasts about a week i don't know maybe we had a couple decent uh, sound bites in this one but yeah in terms of going forward there's going to be a lot less pandemic questions i think we've exhausted that one i'm Um, tired format format is just introduction they they just quickly introduced their background how they got into it yada 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 and then we just pick out something to go into that's that's essentially the new new format for the show. And then you guys know how we do it. We always end it off with either uh, what books are you reading? Because that's always good now. See what kind of uh, stuff they're reading. Maybe we can read that as well. And uh, like our favorite question, how did you get the name? That's pretty much it. I would love to ask the questions of what is uh, an awesome movie that you have seen recently. But unfortunately, a lot of the movies that are coming out these days are not as <laughs> if you're asking for recent good. movies like they're always just gonna say some dumb marvel movie or Spider-Man, something else spider-man there's only like marvel movies that come out nowadays That's it, no. That's disney it. is single-handedly keeping the the movie theaters alive that is yeah literally no indie movie is making it onto into the theaters these days it's all either on netflix or to be honest netflix is also kind of dying which is kind of netflix is like, like the, the movie graveyard it you have is. a B movie, like B it's movie all B movies, like that's all it is. And then Amazon Prime is like, they have some classic movies. movies, and then like the good stuff is all like behind a paywall. It's like, oh, exactly. you want to watch it's this? Ah, oh, you got the stars channel. One. It's like <laughs> they the stars trick channel. You. <laughs> they trick you until you click. You don't realize it until you click on it. You're like, wait a minute, I got to pay for this? What the hell? Yeah. But anyways. I think uh, that's a good point to leave it off. Thanks everybody for again, uh, supporting the show. Uh, you know, however many of you are out there, hopefully we can uh, grow that audience a little bit more and uh, get a bigger outreach down the road. So yes, please again. like comment, follow, share. I don't know. Just get it out Subscribe. there. Subscribe, like button. No, follow. Wait. What else is left in the, what, what else do YouTubers say these days? I don't know. Uh, click on my affiliated links which we don't have just click our on our affiliated website. links click on our website because it'll help us with seo <laughs> actually you know what might not be bad to do an affiliated links for all of our for our entire um 
Zoom setup for recording. That actually might not be a bad idea. You want to have this production level quality of a of a Zoom call? Then, yeah. Why would why would they pay? Why would they pay for the video production company? They got all this stuff. But a Zoom call, I mean. Huh? For a Zoom call, I'm talking about. Well, for a Zoom call, no, I'm. I mean, whoever's listening to this either has their own company or they're in the they're in the field anyways they got the equipment it, you know it's actually kind of i went one one last thing to note i always found it funny anytime we hopped on a call with uh, one of these companies and they noticed that we were with full hd setups for our cameras and they're like oh no what do i do <laughs> that happened a couple of times which was pretty funny anyways i think that's good let's end it off there sounds good all right take care everybody